listening. You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. Th- thoroughly, oh my God. Thoroughly. <laughs> thoroughly, thoroughly good. Thoroughly th- good. Thoroughly good. Thoroughly good. That's it, yes. Thoroughly good classical music. Thoroughly good. That's the most difficult. I know. Oh, oh, it is a pure. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry about that. So, uh, yes, you're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music thoroughly Podcast. Good. You are listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. Excellent. Um, and would you be able to translate it for me, please? But just state ascoltando. Uh, yeah, just you are listening. Well, maybe maybe there's a translation for Thoroughly Good, is there? Mm. It's, uh, that's the word, uh, I don't know, but I try. Thoroughly is like... Very, very good. Yeah. Migliore. No. no. It's not the best. Uh, like, uh, it's like, it's very good. Uh, um, mm-hmm. no. Yes, it's okay. just me- it's a bit of fun, really. It's not meant to, you know, it's nobody's going to be judging you on your on your translation. Okay. <laughs> e state ascoltando al fantastico podcast di musica classica. You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, everyday conversations between artist and audience member that highlights, demystifies and celebrates the classical music art form. You can gain exclusive early access to each podcast episode, plus a whole host of other benefits and trinkets by signing up to Thoroughly Good on Patreon. Just visit patreon.com forward slash thoroughly good. Elisacitelio, I'm a violinist and uh, I'm the music director of Tuffy Music Pro Orchestra uh, Chamber Choir in Toronto. How did you come to start working with them? It happens that uh, they were searching for the new music director after the retirement of the um, uh, great Jean Lemon, who was there for for uh, since the beginning to uh, her retirement and then they approached me by email asking if I would have been interested to play with them so I went and I had my first trial and then I read carefully all the responsibilities of the <laughs> uh, this role um, and then I had a second trial uh, and then that's all then for those who don't work in the industry t- just sort of provide me with a sense of what a trial means a trial was the first program with them playing uh, five concerts in a week plus rehearsals um, and then part of the trial were a lot of a bunch of interviews and mm, chats with orchestra staff member uh, board members um, uh, yes and then Basically, I rehearsed with them, I performed, so they, they had the possibility to um, experiment my work directly. And so and that was the uh, first trial. And the second trial was like only for a few people they uh, thought would have maybe good for the positions. So what do you think? What do you think people are looking for in a trial? I understand what a trial yeah. is because uh, many of my friends have gone through the process. It sounds quite challenging to me, uh, but I'm 
uh, it's challenging because it strikes me that you're not you, you never really know what they're looking for when you're doing it is that is that how it is it all seems quite ambiguous and quite vague and you're sort of in their hands yeah i think uh the trial the meaning of the trial is obviously to know uh how a person is performing so th there are many aspects when you are looking for a a performer who can be also a soloist because that's in the role but then you want also to be able to be sure that the the person fits with the needs of the organization and with uh, the other musicians are there uh, but also you need to know how the person is outside of the, the place where you work so uh, it, that trial was some of uh, everything of this uh, include uh, all of these aspects like we also had uh, casual meetings for dinner so they took me out in a vegan restaurant because I'm vegan or we went for a walk with some orchestra members and then uh, more official meetings where I had to <coughs> um, create a season so I had to present 10 uh, ideas for a whole season uh, uh, planning for the whole season so I think um, uh, that kind of trial gave quite a mm, good sense of uh, what I mm, what I'm doing, what I do uh, what I am What surprised you when you were going through the trial process? Um Firstly, this is a very f funny thing, but I, that time I was very used to the Italian ensembles working. So <clears throat> I love Italian ensemble, but sometimes uh, the rehearsals process is quite um, busy and uh, like to get the attention, uh, silence, uh, that's very hard. Um, and then the concerts may be wonderful, but then like you have to ask the same things many times because maybe people don't have a pencil or, and there was so silent the first real so that I was a bit even scared so silent, just I was talking and no one was talking obviously that was a trial and that it's a bit different from what so, happening. it sounds so, like a trial yeah. so it was like <laughs> am I saying something interesting or am I saying something wrong that was a bit, little bit the feeling it was like I felt that they were a bit under. Uh, so you say, are you, were you saying that um, Italian ensembles are, uh, are disciplined, or that the Canadian ensemble was yes, disciplined? Yes, it's okay. a, a bit. Uh, we like to have coffee breaks uh, okay. all the time, and uh, so I, I know. I mean, this is general. Then mm. each ensemble has a bit different. Uh, Habitudes, but anyway, sometimes you have okay. I can have them concentrate half an hour. I take advantage of that, and then we take a break. Uh, there is different, like the the like the, the way the way they approach to the rehearsal is really professional, and uh, so I I felt a little bit um, uh, not scared, but surprised. So I thought, and I, I, I wasn't sure if I was saying something that wasn't that interesting, or it was just their way to work. And then I know that they are, they work so they are so attentive at work. Uh, now it's different because we know each other, so 
they propose things, they ask questions more, uh, it's, we inter interact more. Mm -hmm. But on trial it was more like me asking things, they were carefully listening and writing notes. So what I, a bit about that. Is there any, um, <coughs> is there any pressure going into an ensemble or working with an ensemble uh, who are new to you? I mean, they're, presumably they're an ensemble who have played together a lot and then you are a relative outsider. Do you experience any, did you experience any pressure or any unease moving into that environment? Yeah, it, it depends on the ensemble. Sometimes um, when I... I go and play with an ensemble just as a guest for a project. Uh, I'm excited to n meet new people. Um, I don't feel so much pressure, even if uh, every new uh, experience has, is um, uh, exciting. But that situation was different because they were looking for a music director. So it was like a so middle way, like a test, like a... Um, uh, it reminded me my degrees at the conservatory when I had to demonstrate something. So that was the feeling. I have to demonstrate that I'm good enough for this job. Even if I wasn't looking for mm. the job, uh, so they reached me out. Um, but yes, I felt a little bit um, nervous. Can I say nervous? Anxious, the, uh, the first rehearsals. Um, and it, it was way better the second trial. Like even if the, the concert were fine, it, it was I, I, I felt a great energy in the orchestra. But the second trial felt like more okay. Now, uh, if they will like me, it's okay. If they want, it doesn't matter because I I like this experience just for what it is to have some concert together. What did you find particularly appealing about the group? So one I mean, I get that you're getting a job out here. Yeah. <laughs> there is a role there, there's a job. Yeah, but no, I but wonder what, what drew you to The fact is that the ensemble uh, is very solid. So we celebrated the four, 40th anniversary last season. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of experience. Even if not the, all the musicians have been there since the beginning, but uh, a few of them, they play always together. So... Uh, that's some sometimes in my previous experiences with ensemble was like the ensemble were kind of with the same people but obviously then all the freelancers uh, have to try to get jobs and uh, to work so sometimes there was a, a, a turn uh, how do you say when people rotate? Oh, okay. Um, yes, there's, there's tur turnover. Yes. Turnover. Yeah, okay. So there's no continuity yes, so yes. much. Yes. Here, uh, Tafel Music is like a permanent uh, job. So the, the same people are working together, like chamber music, like a quartet. So that's a, a great aspect because you, you create something and then it's still there. It's just you work and work and uh, you can improve and the and the base is a very solid ensemble. So what I... Um, when you say solid, what do, I mean, I sort uh, of know what oh, you so mean, but what do you... Yeah, what specifically do you mean? I mean, um, uh, so that's probably Italian, translated, bad translation. I mean that they know very well each other, mm -hmm. and you don't have to say everything, because a lot of things are already in the bodies and in the minds and are common. So we, like we sort of think together 
Um, so you don't have to work on details, uh, at least if, if you are studying new repertoire or new uh, pieces, obviously there is always something, but you have more time just to concentrate on musical aspects. So that presumably helps you as a director? If they, if they are, yeah. if yeah. there are many things that don't need to be said, then yeah, that means exactly. that you can use your time. Exactly. Right. Then uh, I have a different background because I'm coming from Italy and they um, chose me. Uh, so we, the first two years, this is my third, but the first two years were about to know each other and to create something new, like I. I like to say like this beautiful, sweet Canadian sound and uh, beautiful, sweet Canadian sound. Count from the ensemble mm -hmm. and the uh, contrasting and uh, more sometimes also more rough Italian sound. Like more, uh, my background is in opera and uh, so I I have a lot of theatrical background and theatrical uh, music uh, ideas. So we are creating something new together. They are more an instrumental orchestra, even if they, we play a couple of opera production every year. But uh, what, it, what is a I, I strong feel, I, I have these images in my mind, my mind of many different productions. I played in La Scala in 16 years, so that's something I think I'm bringing, even if in the instrumental music, because we always try to imitate voices and characters. That's interesting. Um, uh, I think we are that's interesting because it makes me think of the album that I listened to, uh, which I'll ask you about in a bit. Um, uh, and now I've completely forgotten my question. This always happens. Opera bear with me, bear with me. What was no. it? What was it? <laughs> um, oh, that's right. So listen to the album and... Um, Am I right in thinking that you play on modern instruments? Uh, Vivaldi con amore. Yeah. No, it was with. It uh, was on period uh, Yes, right. Instruments. Okay. Um, it was that was my first recording with Tafel music, and. Um, How did that come about? Is that something? Yeah, that uh, I wanted Vivaldi because uh, of many different reasons. One is an Italian, so I have a lot of Vivaldi in my. Um, study but that's not all um, with Vivaldi I could um, choose many concertos featuring different soloists uh, even with because in our orchestra we have two oboes and one bassoon so we and all my oh, hence the oboe concerto and the bassoon concerto, right, 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 yeah, bassoon concerto. then yeah. we have also a lute concerto just to change sound and atmosphere because we have a, our uh, theorable lute player is working with us half season and is a brilliant player as well uh, and we have their four violin concertos so and two violin concertos so i could showcase not only myself or just the orchestra is playing together but also s different solos and then um i it's interesting because i chose a couple of violin concertos uh, with a title connected with love one is amoroso and the other one is amato bene and i could say that in a few other pieces there is a sort of love theme even if it's not um, in the title but the the feeling there is similar so i i wanted to give this flavor to the whole uh, album 
Uh, tell me more about how the orchestra sounds, because when I heard the reason I thought it was um, modern instruments, uh, it, it's a and you you alluded to this earlier on. That there's a very sweet sound, there's a very smooth sound to the ensemble. Am I am I hearing that correctly? Okay, so uh, I think one of the characteristic of this orchestra when I met the orchestra was exactly that this kind of beautiful sound um, which uh, is uh, like always uh, they always tried and trying to make that beautiful and uh, uh, shaped and rounded mm. so what I'm trying to work with the orchestra now um, it's what I, I was maybe telling earlier to trying to get even more contrast and sometimes even a not so beautiful sound uh, you want that sort of uh, yes. earthy hard yes a bit thing. rough okay. uh, so we are working on that together That's why is that important to you because um, I think this is I, I'm, I'm uh, when I, st I started working with rock violin and uh, I had my first lesson with Enrico Nofri. I don't know if you know him. He's, uh, he was the concert myself, El Jardin Armonico, for years. Um, so, and uh, I took the instruments. I put the gut strings, and the historical gut strings are quite uh, big, thick. Okay. Yeah. And I tried to make a sound, and it was like, before to get the sound, I had a long transition time. <laughs> And I thought, what's that? I can't make. And then I was working on that and understood that with that kind of strings, uh, there is so much you have to work with the fingers to imitate the speaking of the voices. So, and they worked hard on trying to get words there, consonant, pr also vocals. Um, it's something that the winds player always do with the tongue. So they like dere 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 dere. They always okay. have to think something before to get the sound. We don't have to with the bow, but with that kind of gut gut strings, you have to. And you can do that with you do that with the fingers. Uh, uh, right hand fingers. Right. That's just for notes. So you do that because to start you have to think. Oh, I'm uh, saying uh, uh, kirie for example with a key, or I'm saying like something sweet, like Alleluia. So uh, I have to think about, I worked hard for that and read a bunch of treaties where always they say you have to imitate the voice, the speaking in everything. Um, now the tendency is to use thinner uh, strings uh, and that makes a bit different the work for us, but I'm I'm still using that kind of string. So you you can hear the difference. If if I would have uh, the two kind of set, two violins, you would hear the difference. So, I mean, um, uh, this the gut string sound shouldn't, not shouldn't, but is a bit more rough, uh, yes. like the, the base of that sound. Um, and then And then I have in mind, like, Caravaggio, like these paintings, this is really in my culture, in my background, so huge contrasts. To get there to the really dark and white, you have to experiment forte, but not only forte, also dramatic forte could not always is a beautiful sound if you are uh, telling about uh, 
troubles, about very sad, or about angriness. You can't have the same kind of uh, beginning of the notes. So and then the, the piano could be like almost nothing, like whispering but less. So trying to reach this contrast, you probably have to experiment different kind of sounds, not always beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, <coughs> uh, I'm intrigued about whether you have to share that vision with the ensemble before you embark on that transition, you know, when do, do you do you have to sort of meet them halfway and go, this is what I'm thinking of doing? Do you agree? I think they got it in my first trial. Oh, okay, yeah, great. There was one piece in my first program, uh, which I'm playing now in, on tour, which is Il Pianto di Arianna by Locatelli, which is a sort of cantata without the singer, and the violin is the singer. Um, I wanted the piece uh, just for that because um, the violin is crying this Ariana uh, uh, th there is no words there is no text so you have to imagine the text uh, there is just the title Il Pianto di Ariana which is uh, the crying whimpering of Ariana um, and uh, so you have to imagine why she is crying she is crying probably because the beloved uh, has gone or has betrayed her or uh, so something but she's sometimes she's very sad sometimes angry so there are huge contrast in this piece like very fast and brilliant and strong moments and like pianissimo with just harmony and long notes there um, I think they got it that this uh, um, uh, aspects of my playing and and now we are working together to so, so to find a middle way i mean uh, to to find uh, to create something together it's not only me it's not only them uh, uh. is it important to you that that they are bought into the process and that you're not sort of imposing and yeah, sort of trying absolutely. to get a sense of yeah, what absolutely. that dynamic is yeah one one uh, uh, strong aspect of this organization is that they love to share everything. So everything is uh, uh, happens after a long process of sharing. Even if when I, I'm the responsible for the planning of the season, but it's not like I go. This is my draft, uh, and I I share with I share my thoughts, my ideas, my wishes with the orchestra. I also ask them if they have wishes that they can work on. And then after process, we go uh, also in rehearsals. If they have suggestion, I always leave them space for that. Um, and so uh, it's not a kind of orchestra that calls the director and follows the director, and that's all. Uh, that must make it a very tricky, rela well, tricky relationship. But, uh, sort of a it requires a certain kind of person in order to maintain that relationship because what you're yeah. what I'm hearing from you is is that you have a sort of a rough idea of where you'd like it to go yeah. but you're sort of presenting that and, and through a series of uh, if you like musical negotiations you're arriving at a consensus and that's that's uh, a difficult relationship to manage it's a it's a because delicate one has to be mindful all the time. yes it's a delicate relationship so uh, a big part of my job uh, is about relationships and how to manage that both on stage and out of stage. Um, one of my first interviews was about that, so I had the possibility to ask the orchestra whatever I liked. And uh, I asked a bunch of things. One of, uh, a few of them were about 
you have in mind uh, to change your style you have in mind to work on this you have in mind to uh, would you be happy if I would ask to work more on contrast experiment new sounds and and the response was very good obviously it takes time to to create something new together but I think we are in a in a very good moment and uh, for example last September uh, we opened this season with Tchaikovsky Serenade for strings okay which was okay. the first time that Tafel Music met Tchaikovsky and it was the first time also for our audience to hear our period ensemble with that music wow because they are quite used to play Mozart and classical stuff but later repertoire they did some but very few and the most I think was in Europe like in the residence they had in Germany for a few years so we had a workshop in advance to work uh, on uh, rubato on uh, slides yep. on uh, vibrato as well <coughs> on the dynamics and tempos for, for that it was quite interesting and I think the result was very good so I wanted that score because you know you have probably from four piano to three or four forty in this score so it means that they have to work very hard then. yes we work a lot and uh, but the audience even if uh, obviously some of the audience audience members were quite uh, surprised if not shocked by the choice of Tchaikovsky we told if I want to hear Tchaikovsky I go and to listen <laughs> the symphonic orchestra but yes you, However. you you can do that obviously we just will give a different kind of uh, listening because we have got strings and we are working on something that the modern orchestra, orchestra usually they don't like working on the uh, slide how yes. how and where so we listen to a bunch of early recordings in our hall listen trying to imitate the slide of the beginning of the century of the um, 20th yeah, yeah, century yeah. Uh, so the school of Yohaki. So right at the beginning of recording history. Exactly. Right. Okay. The school of Yohaki. And uh, so listen. Oh, that is a rubato, and then they are, they are not together at all, and then they are together there. So these kind of things uh, and accents and the stroke box, how much body use so reading. It was very interesting. Uh, I think. How did that change things for you and for the ensemble? Do you think it changed because the following program was Baroque Roots were all about the uh, 17th century in Vienna, so Farina, Buonamento, Bertali, so it was totally back right. and uh, you know when you are studying an instrument m modern or Baroque and you are experiment, contrast and fortissimo and pianissimo, then you take your Baroque, that's inside of you, that's experience and adding ex different experience you get in a new place yeah, so uh, with this I mean I also wanted to have uh, new commissions for this year we have six new commissions over the seasons uh, and also there it's experimenting different sounds if, it, if the commission is mm, Baroque inspired or classical inspired um, that's uh, there is a lot of room but it takes time and it, uh, and I think they are all very excited about it. It seems so that they are very excited <laughs> about Maybe they can tell me. Um, <laughs> or maybe they won't tell uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they didn't. I discovered that at the yeah. end of the contract, maybe. <laughs> um, why are you 
why are you in this country? You're in this country for concerts. Yeah, we are on tour. This is a European tour, which is most about the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be in Bristol, Basingstown, London, and then we'll uh, 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 we'll head to Bruges. Right. Uh, so uh, that's a short one, but uh, it was a while that Tafel Mozi uh, hasn't been performing in Europe. So what do you think that Tafel music offers in comparison to um, other Baroque ensembles? How are you distinctive? Do you think? So I think what uh, the two characteristics. One is that uh, I meant before the ensemble is very. Um, uh, they, they are um, they know each other so well that they like they used to play uh, memorized programs for years like traveling around and playing by heart so it means that when you play uh, a memorized programs you can you are just mm-hmm. uh, looking at each other and it, like the rock bands they did not have music they just enjoyed the stage and they moved together so that's uh, there is a great connection and synergy in the, between among musicians and then the meeting with me uh, and I'm a totally a dif- totally different background uh, and that also uh, very different kind of playing so this um, mingle uh, these two aspects are now getting together and I think it's a very interesting uh, um, result. How would you describe the personality of your playing? Uh, Sorry, I described... How would you describe the personality of your playing? Personality. So, uh, as I told, I I was born as a modern violinist and I studied with a a few Russian teachers, so my school is from, directly from Moscow on Russian violin. And then I studied Baroque violin with uh, Chiara Banchini in Basel, Enrico Nofri and, and, and Mangio Cavallo in Italy. So many different kind of personalities because Chiara, I don't know if you know, her ensemble was 415. Um, um, so uh, she has a great sense of the sound, the vocality, a beautiful sound. And Enrico Nofri is on the other side, like the m- biggest contrast you can imagine, the sound is there. Um, so, and then I have 16 years at La Scala, where I basically played everything from Monteverdi, because we also played Monteverdi to uh, contemporary and Wagner and Strauss and Verdi and everything. So uh, I have a uh, like a huge background of experiences, and I think the the most important characteristic is the is the that I lived in a big theater where uh, sometimes the productions were simply amazing and uh, I what I uh, it's also my experience that uh, La Scala is a uh, very well known theater one of the most prestigious uh, the theater is huge it's beautiful but for uh, especially Italian operas I think uh, they do really a great job. Is this, I think, in the DNA, probably. Even if there are many, uh, a, a lot of people from out of Italy, but there is something there. And what I learned there, the process of the rehearsal, you you never know how the orchestra and the stage is going. And then when the first uh, performance arrives, it's uh, like... Uh, 
inspiring. It, there is always something new that happens. Musicians give all they can just in the performances. Uh, and also the singers, sometimes you are trying to save energy, but when the performance happens, that's a, a great experience. So, <laughs> like, um, I don't know, I, I, I also like uh, to take risks in concerts to not plan everything. And if I plan a lot and then in concert, I like to change and to try the reactions of the musician <laughs> around me because it's different oh, when. You're mischief. You're a mischievous person. Uh, yeah, no, no, but. <laughs> Like we decide the piano and forth, but if I try to do the opposite and they follow me, it's we are very excited on the stage because there is adrenaline around and that goes goes directly to the audience. It's different from something already really planned and performed many times in the same way. Uh, <coughs> this is a tough question for you, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, if you imagine the next person in the classical music world that you're going to meet that you've never met before, um, what would be the three most important things that you'd want to tell them about you? So some, uh, something to work with? Or, or some something about you. So the three most important things that you'd want them to know about you. Okay, so uh, I like to share with the musicians... Um, what I'm experiment or what, what I'm doing. So it's not about me and, and the other people. There should be a great synergy and open to also to change my mind uh, for any kind of aspects if, if the people around me want to, to try something new. So about sharing, that's one of the most important things on the stage and outside. And then uh, I don't like... Uh, to repeat same stuff in the same way like uh, and I think this is pretty baroque like if I uh, have to play the repeats the second time should be different or the dynamic should be okay. different in different places and and we can change the next time it, if we have already played in this way we can change it so I like that um, uh, and then about also about the my playing and my work. So um, I I really like to uh, go back and forth from Baroque to later, and uh, I wouldn't say of myself that I'm really a just uh, Baroque. I a Baroque player for that kind of repertoire. So I I, I like to travel back and forth. Like if I I had a time machine to go back and forth. Uh, so, you like to share. Um, you'll never do the same thing twice. I'm trying to not, <laughs> but then obviously. <laughs> uh, and uh, you like to mix things up. Yes. You've been listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, available on Spotify and Audio Boom. To get in touch, please tweet at Thoroughly Good. You can also follow Thoroughly Good on Facebook and read the blog at thoroughlygood.me.